Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Your questions, your comments on the Hammer text line, the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammer text line is always open to you at 765-447-4080. Let's go to our phone line now. We're going to bring in uh, our very good friend, uh, racing aficionado, and so much more. Nick Yeoman's on with us. Nick, how are you, bud? Uh, I'm good, Jared. I've had that uh, Lizzo song stuck in my head all day long, but uh, all told... It's pretty good to be with you, my friend. Big racing weekend coming up. So it's a lizard song, like an Eddie Lizard song. No, Lizzo. Li- you know Lizzo. It's Rizzo. About that time. Nah, you, you got me, man. <laughs> I'll send it to you after the show. All right, you do that, you kids, and your and your music. I, I, I don't get none of that stuff. I, look, busy weekend down there at the uh, at the brickyard. So we're gonna cram three races into a weekend. That's the plan. Yeah, and it's it's unlike anything that you'll ever see in the country with NASCAR and IndyCar sharing a weekend. Everybody's going to be running on the road course uh, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that uses about half the oval and half of the infield road course. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a jam-packed, loaded weekend where there, there's not another opportunity uh, where you can see you know the, the two biggest forms of motorsports in the United States, NASCAR and IndyCar, sharing a race weekend. Uh, Xfinity race on Saturday along with the IndyCar race in the morning and then the Sunday race uh, with the Cup Stars. So it's uh, it's a big deal. They did it for the first time last year. You know, we were still kind of working our way out of the pandemic in terms of things being opened up. This is kind of be the first opportunity where uh, it's going to be all out to have uh, fans of both series at the racetrack. So I think a lot of people are really excited to see the different styles of racing and, and uh, two series kind of putting their egos to the side and working together to provide fans with uh, with what should be a pretty exciting weekend of racing. Where are they going to put all those NASCAR trailers at? Are they going to go in the Coke lot on, on Friday? They're going to try to beat the, the gate opens? They all fly in? I mean, this seems like a logistical nightmare, especially with you know uh, the garages, pit boxes, and all that. This just seems like this is going to be, I don't know, somebody's really going to be running the show, that's for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the nice thing is you got a two-and-a-half-mile oval, so there's a lot of room in the infield, but... I do think they've had to get pretty creative with where they put everybody. I think they've got the, the NASCAR Cup Series cars in the uh, the old Formula One garages along the front straightaway. I think they've got most of the Xfinity Series back in Gasoline Alley. And then I think IndyCar is using uh, what's usually like a hospitality area to, to set up their paddock. So, yeah, I mean, if you get a pit pass or you're walking around the garage alley, you're going to see, I mean, close to 90 cars uh, around the speedway, Ooh. so it's uh, logistically definitely a challenge. How's that work practice-wise, too? I mean, obviously they're going to go by circuit at a time, but um, you get you got three different you know three different series here. It means what like a third of the practice time, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean the, the good thing is the racetrack stays the same. They're all going to run the exact same layout of the racetrack, so the the uh, track officials don't have to really move anything around. Uh, but honestly, one of the changes that we've seen in in both NASCAR and IndyCar. Over the last couple years, really, you know, stirred on by the pandemic, is there's actually less practice time, and it's kind of you know been used for cost saving. It's less fuel, it's using up less tires, it's less uh, you know wear and tear on the engines on both of the cars. So both series actually practice a little bit less than they did maybe five or six years ago. So I think that's kind of helped with a challenge like this, where yeah, you've got three different series all sharing the racetrack. So. Uh, certainly with schedules, you've got to get a little creative and, and got to be careful to make sure you give everybody an ample amount of time to practice, qualify, and then ultimately leave enough time for a uh, two- to three-hour race. But uh, the good news is is uh, it looks like there's going to be a lot of opportunity. You buy a ticket and come out to the racetrack, 
Uh, you can sit around, sit in different places. You're going to see a lot of track activity, which is what fans enjoy. Uh, we're talking with Nick Yeoman here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline, a big race weekend down at uh, IMS, and he's uh, right in the thick of things. This seems like a prime opportunity for somebody to try to run two races in a weekend, too. Remember, we always used to love the uh, the Memorial Day weekend. Tony, go run the 500 and get in a, a helicopter, try to go run the uh, 600 then after that. Uh, this seems like a prime opportunity to do it, but it just doesn't seem like anybody's interested in doing that kind of stuff anymore. I know. I'm so disappointed. I'm so frustrated that uh, in, in motorsports, and you actually see it in, in a lot of sports, too. I mean, we used to have, what, Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson and, and different athletes kind of bouncing around. Everybody is just, it's just so specialized anymore that uh, we don't get to see those, those really cool stories. And you're right, this would have been the perfect opportunity for you know, an IndyCar guy to jump behind the wheel of an NASCAR or vice versa. The best candidate would have been Jimmy Johnson, right? I mean, he's, yeah. been, he's been running full-time IndyCar for the last year and a half and obviously is a seven-time NASCAR champion. But no, they don't get it done. So it's, it's, that's one of the, the things I'm always disappointed by because those storylines are cool. That's where you have the crossover appeal because in motorsports, I mean, a lot of NASCAR fans are IndyCar fans and vice versa. So I think it would have been cool, and I'm with you. 100% it's a missed opportunity. Uh, somebody should be doing the double. There is the chance for one. There's a guy by the name of Santino Ferrucci. I know you yep. and I have talked about him in Indy 500 coverage, uh, this young kid from Connecticut. He is racing in the NASCAR Xfinity Series race for sure Saturday afternoon, and he's on standby to fill in for Joseph Newgarden if he doesn't get medically cleared in the IndyCar race. So there's kind of a chance there, but I would love to see a Cups call, a Cups Series star like a Kyle Busch or one of those big names, a Chase Elliott. Let's see what they can do behind the wheel of an IndyCar. I wish we could see it. Hey, come on, let's give it a try here. We're talking with Nick Yeoman uh, here on the Hammerhead Hotline down at IMS for the weekend. Uh, three races, three different series, uh, both stock car and uh, IndyCar going at it here. Uh, some drama over there in IndyCar, right? So we got a, we got a driver who is... Going to Formula One, not going to Formula One, but has a contract. What is going on with? Explain this whole thing with Alex to me. Yeah, Alex Pelot. He's the defending IndyCar Series champion. Uh, he signed initially a two-year deal with Chip Ganassi Racing, but there was a third year, a team option that uh, I think he was aware of. But apparently, he had made plans next year to go race in Formula One or race for the IndyCar McLaren team that is partnered with the Formula One side. So uh, one of the most bizarre situations I've ever seen uh, about a week ago, week and a half ago, uh, in the afternoon, and the Chip Ganassi racing team, who he currently competes on, says, hey, we're excited to have Alex Pelot back. And then about an hour later, Alex Pelot says, oh, by the way, I've signed with another team. So right now you have a guy who is apparently signed to race for two different teams next year, uh, and that's not going to happen. It's not going to work that way. So uh, there's already been lawsuits involved. I, I don't have a clue how it's all going to work out, but it is uh, it is a messy, messy situation where, again, the guy that won the championship a year ago wants to leave the team that he won the championship with. That team says, hey, we've got you under contract for another year, and there's other takers from, from different series. So I don't know how it's all going to shake out, but, boy, it is going to be a legal mess. you got to start doing like uh, some of these NFL guys do, just causing enough problems. Hey, just take off your uh, take off your suit there in the middle of you know the race. Just run off the do the Antonio Brown. Just hype up the crowd. Just walk out of the uh, middle of the race there. You know you can trade it eventually. Yeah, I mean that's that's essentially what it is. It's like John. <laughs> it's like Jonathan Taylor uh, saying, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm actually leaving and, and signing with the Cincinnati Bengals." And the Colts are like, uh, "Wait a second, we we still have you under contract." And and all of a sudden you got you know the Colts suing Jonathan Taylor. It, it's it's crazy. It's unlike anything I've ever seen 
And uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out, unfortunately, through the legal system and not on the racetrack. I asked this yesterday, Justin Haley. Do you feel like the NASCAR drivers really revere Indianapolis? I mean, look, IndyCar drivers absolutely love it. Um, but now we're just doing the road course. It's, it's not the full oval anymore. Um, I know it's had a history and all that stuff, and I know the attendance has been down. But, I mean, from a NASCAR angle, do you think they still value Indianapolis? Is that like a, a big stop, or is that just, uh, you know, one of those races now? You know, Jared, I actually think they do, and it's why I'm I'm kind of I kind of think there's a chance that here in the next couple of years that NASCAR may go back to the oval. Um, in fact, there was a lot of pushback when the road course race was announced. It was like, okay, it's something new, and I think a lot of the NASCAR drivers and teams were on board for trying it because the crowds had dwindled so much compared to what we saw in the '90s and early 2000s, really in the boom of, of NASCAR's popularity when the Brickyard 400 was started. So I think everybody was kind of on board with trying it. And listen, we'll see what the crowds are like this weekend. It's certainly not an Indy 500-type crowd. But I had heard in the NASCAR garage area that a lot of drivers were a little more bummed about the decision than maybe they were leading on because they want to, when they were in Indianapolis, you want to race on the Oval because that's where the Indianapolis 500 has been run for so many years. So I'm actually kind of interested. I think it's still very much up in the air if this road course weekend continues. I, I think there is still a, a big love and respect for what the Indianapolis Motor Speedway means in, in the motorsports community, and I think a lot of NASCAR guys still get that. I, well, I'm glad to hear that, too, because, yeah, I think the whole lore of racing in Indianapolis is not to go out there and do a road course. It's to, it's to do the oval. And I understand we've had some issues. This thing's been moved around a bunch. Yep. Um, you know, um, it's, uh, it, of course, there was the whole tire fiasco uh gosh that was almost a decade ago probably at this point um you know this race is no longer being powered by florida georgia line like it was a couple of years ago which is still one of the best names ever for a race uh but it's good to hear that they at least the drivers are still on board let's let's run the whole thing even though maybe in the past it hasn't exactly been as uh popular with the public yeah and and honestly i mean if we're if we're being honest with ourselves the the nascar brickyard 400 hasn't always been that competitive of a race Either I mean the the races at say a Daytona or a Bristol from a, uh, a viewer or spectator standpoint have been a lot more exciting. NASCAR though this year introduced a brand new race car uh, for all these teams, and and I I would be 100% on board with saying hey now that they've got this new car let's see if it puts on a better show on the oval uh, for the stock cars. So yeah I'm I'm pretty optimistic that uh, I, I think both the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and NASCAR are going to evaluate it and see. I don't know if this road course deal is necessarily going to be a long-term answer, and, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if in a year or two we go back to the Oval for the Cup, guys. All right, Nick, before we let you go, how about some racers to watch this weekend? Who's got your eye? Uh, is there a storyline or two that we really want to keep an eye on? Uh, give me some of the big uh, guns here from the weekend uh, across the races here. Oh, How about I give you some picks? Uh, right. I think in the IndyCar race, the guy to watch is Will Power. He's been so incredibly strong on the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Ever since we've been running two races every year on the on the road course, he, he wins at least one of them every year. Came up a little bit short to Colton Herta in the rain in the month of May, but Will Power is really strong. He's been having a good year. So I, I would like Will Power in the IndyCar race. In the Xfinity race, I would, I would say A.J. Allmendinger, who won it a year ago. He won the Cup race a year ago, actually. Uh, he's a full-time Xfinity driver, Really a, a strong road racing background. He comes from open wheel. He comes from the IndyCar side, so he's always got a leg up on a lot of those Xfinity drivers. And then the Cup Series, I look at the two Hendrick teammates of, of Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson. I mean, they're the last two NASCAR champions. 
They win a ton of road course races throughout the year, and uh, I think they're both going to be strong. So, yeah, there's a ton of cool storylines. Last week, NASCAR had their uh, first and second place drivers disqualified, and they handed the trophy. Well, the trophy went uh, with the guy that finished first, Denny Hamlin, but the actual win was awarded to the guy that finished third because the first two teams were cheating. So there's an interesting storyline to watch to make sure everybody's legal heading into this weekend. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and, and uh, some really good road course racing at Indianapolis this weekend. I was hoping it was a Ricky Bobby ending where the both of them got out of the car and then ran, and then, you know, third just happens to go to somebody else's teammate. That's the way it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Someone informs them, hey, guys, it doesn't matter if you run across the start for yeah. the flight. By, by, the way, by the way, you're doing all three on the radio, correct? I will be, yeah. I will be on the roof of the Pagoda, 11 stories up, looking down at the infield of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's an awesome view. I can see like 85% of the racetrack. I can see downtown Indianapolis. And if I look to the left, I might even be able to see the uh, 101.7, the Hammer Studios. So uh, uh, right. it, is, it, is, it is a great view up there. So so here's my question then, since you're doing NASCAR, uh, what is the over-under on Ricky Bobby and Days of Thunder references out of you? Oh, the Days of Thunder one now. See, I will definitely slip those in. The Ricky Bobby ones, I think, have been a little overplayed. Yeah. But the Days of Thunder, it's, Days of Thunder is enough removed, which, by the way, the, the success of the Top Gun sequel, I kind of want to see a sequel to Days of Thunder now. I don't know if they can pull it off or not. We'll see how busy Tom Cruise is. But I am 100% on board with throwing in a rubbing his racing or you can't come into the pits because we're busy eating ice cream right now reference from Days of Thunder. <laughs> This guy right here, uh, Nick Yeoman. Uh, I will, uh, buddy. It's it's always a pleasure, um, and uh, I can't wait to listen in and hear just exactly how many uh, of those references that you do get in. Uh, he's going to go. I guarantee right now he's going to YouTube as soon as we're done just to come up with a repertoire of other things to slip in there that we might not notice. He's he's very good like that. Nick, it's uh, it's always a pleasure, man. Enjoy this weekend. It sounds like it's going to be a good time. Over under is about six and a half days of thunder references, my friend. I like it. I'm still leaning the over. It's a lot, but I'm still leaning the over. Nick Yeoman, everybody. Nick, thanks so much, bud. All right, Jared. Have a good show, man. Take care, buddy. <laughs> oh, always a good time with Nick on. All right, and we're going to take a break. CBSSports.com out with the article today that there's vetting being done with four-pack 12 teams that might be joining the Big Ten. What does that mean exactly? Is there a move going to be made? And maybe is all of this just a move to continue to pencil uh, to try to box in uh, Notre Dame, so to speak. Uh, we're going to talk about that more. That's coming up next. You're listening to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 101.7.